Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is sponsored by Epsilon. Today, I'm delighted to announce a unique opportunity for one lucky listener of Let's Talk Loyalty to enjoy a complimentary workshop with the loyalty experts at Epsilon. One brand every month will have the chance for a unique, independent loyalty lab, a review of your loyalty program, where Epsilon will share their expert ideas how to drive your program's performance to a whole new level. This workshop is a powerful way for you to measure and then increase the return on your investment in your loyalty program. So to apply, head over to letstalkloyalty.com forward slash epsilon and enter your details. Hello and welcome to episode 291 of Let's Talk Loyalty, featuring FedEx Express one of the world's best-known and most admired business and consumer brands, with annual revenues globally of $95 billion. FedEx Express has been connecting people and possibilities around the world for the past 49 years, and it's constantly evolving, including its impressive global loyalty program, which we're discussing today. Joining us on this show is Lynn Tan, who leads the MyFedEx Rewards Program for the EMEA region. With over 80,000 members in this B2B loyalty program across Lynn's region alone, MyFedEx Rewards is a global points-based program that has become a powerful differentiator in an extremely competitive industry. We are delighted to have Lynn Tan from FedEx Express joining us from Singapore today. And we hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Lynn, I am extremely happy to welcome you to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you for having me, Paula. Very happy to be on the podcast today. Yes, wonderful. I know FedEx Express is doing some incredible work globally in terms of driving your B2B loyalty agenda. So very interesting topics to go through with you today. So let me start off as usual, Lynn, by asking you our standard opening question, because particularly given that you're based in Singapore, I think Asia has so much incredible work being done. So please do tell us what is your favorite loyalty program or programs? As you said, Paula, it's really difficult to pick just one or two. There's so many which are regional-based or local-based loyalty programs that we really use on a day-to-day basis. But if I had to just pick two, um, Grab Rewards as part of the Grab service that we have in in Singapore and in Southeast Asia, as well as yeah, as well as um, Shopback, which is also something that is homegrown and really up and coming with a lot more services included as part of the loyalty program itself. Okay, so the first one then, I've certainly heard of Grab, um, even before it came such an extraordinary, I think it's a super app now in Asia, if I'm not mistaken, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I remember going, I was very lucky to get to Bali actually a couple of years ago for a few weeks 
And I was asking people, how do I get a taxi? And they said, you just need a grab. You just need a bike. And honestly, it was life changing. I don't think I've ever felt so excited. (laughs) So Grab has certainly done incredible work. And I think their loyalty program, I know you don't work on it, of course, but it seems to be one that's fairly new, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, I think the focus for Grab is still very much service oriented. So the loyalty program aspect of it is very much embedded in the usage. So, and which is what I love about it. It it really doesn't have to be an additional step that the customer or the user needs to take. It's Mm. all happening in the background. You earn points. If you need to use the points against, um, say, a a discount or even using the, the points itself to change for some rewards that may be Um, towards a charity you can choose to do that but again it's all the user's choice and it's to me it's kind of seamless because i'm not particularly taking um you know taking much notice about the rewards program itself but yeah points are there it is just happening amazing yeah yeah there is something about i know we call it removing friction you know as a a bit of jargon Mm -hmm. i guess but you know if as a consumer you can experience that it's so easy and you don't need to do anything then why Mm -hmm. would you not kind of see what you can do so definitely one we'll try and get on the um on the show at some point in the future (laughs) Um, and and just what was the second one lynn i didn't catch the name of the other loyalty program you mentioned that you love Oh, it's shop back. As shop in shopping, back. shop, shop okay. back. So shop back started as um, it's an app. So integrated with a lot of e-commerce websites where you can get cash rebates on where you shop. Mm-hmm. So it, it started out as a well. Essentially, it is a, it is a cashback uh, application where they now have a lot more tie-ups with brands, whether it's in-store purchases or online purchases, and then the cashback that you get out of the program. You can use it either as a cash out or you can use it against whatever you want to purchase within the platform itself. Again, quite similar to Grab, um, they have evolved over the years, obviously. And and I've seen really good things come out of the app itself. And I use it very frequently. Oh, dear. (laughs) That sounds like, okay, something I would exactly do. But that's actually a great word as well, Lynn. And I think it's probably a big topic that we're here to talk about today in terms of your own program. You used the word evolve. And I know FedEx Express uh, throughout the whole region, in fact, um, has gone on a dramatic um, story of, you know, global development, success, of course, in certain markets, but actually a journey that did require a lot of specific customization for where you lead. So would you maybe start, Lynn, by giving a sense of, you know, what is my FedEx Rewards and, and the history, I guess, behind the program? Sure. Um, so my FedEx Rewards is a global rewards program led by FedEx Express. So we have this uh, across the globe um, in, in various regions, including EMEA, where I'm based. Mm-hmm. Well, we started as FedEx Rewards Center more than, I think, almost definitely more than 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, wanting to find a way to not only engage with our customers, but also to reward them for staying with us throughout the years. Um especially for our industry where it is primarily B2B, it is quite critical for us to have a differentiator because we are not selling a brand new product every other day. It's not like retail, it's not like FMCG. We pride ourselves a lot on the services as well Mm -hmm. as the reliability of what we can provide, but what else, right, to, to set us apart from the competitors. So just to bring it back to how the brand for My FedEx Reward has evolved, not just focus on the engagement piece, but also to look at how 
with technology changes, how does that experience also change mm. specifically for the region itself? And, and I think for EMEA, where, where my team started to work on this program, is we noticed that having a unique program for the region really does allow us to do some level of customization for the customer experience in each of the markets. So for example, um, privacy considerations or um, kind of experience that customers come to expect of a big brand like ours, yeah. um, we do need to provide that in all aspects of the engagement. Um, in the US, where the brand is also exists, it exists in a quite a different um, manner. We have a lot more other service lines in the US. So we have FedEx Express, we have FedEx Ground, logistics, and so on and so forth. So the program itself is suited for the American audience, for the US audience, yeah. with obviously tweaks to fit their needs. So in EMEA, we have that suited for our needs, which is primarily focused on the small and medium businesses. So mm. we don't just offer the program. We offer the program specifically designed so that the small and medium businesses who are our customers here are able to benefit from their relationship and engagement with FedEx as a brand. Yeah, yeah. And I think you bring up a, a couple of very important points there, Lynn, because yes, first and foremost, a global brand like FedEx Express, you know, there is often an argument to have a, a globally consistent loyalty program mm. um, because at the end of the day, as you said, it's B2B, you know, there, there's very clear services that, that you're delivering. But having said that, there's so much variation around the world. And I think it's only when you start, you know, building a program and I guess even comparing performance across regions, which I know is something that you have done, Lynn, I think then it's only that it's super clear that you absolutely mm. need to localize despite your best efforts. And I don't know what, you know, your sense is in terms of, is there, I don't know, a certain amount, you know, a certain percentage that is global and then a certain amount tailored. What would you say that split is between, you know, localization and globalization in your experience? Just a, you know, a guess, <laughs> hard to measure. <laughs> um, I, I would say actually it, it it is pretty straightforward because there are deficiencies we get from centralizing certain approaches. So, for example, the technical build of the program. Yes. We might be moving everything else to, say, cloud-based or, you know, having a single vendor to help support all the technical aspects of it or requirements of it. But the program design itself, the mechanics, may be differentiated by markets, by region. So, um, you know what, really just saying it 50-50, you can look at it from the technical perspective yeah. and a program perspective. And definitely, there, there is a way to, I mean, in a way, have a best of both worlds. We can get efficiencies by going centralized globally mm -hmm. and then, you know, still have the flexibility to be able to customize it for our customers in the respective markets or regions. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading some fantastic, I suppose, um, you know, summaries uh, from the recent award that you won, Lynn. So definitely want to congratulate you for winning silver in the 2022 Loyalty and Engagement Awards. So you must Thank be you so much. Yeah, super proud because the shortest of finalists, I said to you off air, is one that, oh my goodness, any of those brands, they're all doing exceptional work. So you must be extremely proud. Uh, yes, and extremely proud of my team members, uh, just all across the region also, because it is a collaborative effort, um, not just for a central team who's working on the program, 
but everyone else who has chipped in and the customers who have given us the recognition as well. It is, uh, I always use the phrase <laughs> that it takes a whole village and it totally. does. Yeah. Um, so, so the award, the recognition really just gives the team a, a boost of morale to know that, hey, you know, we're a B2B brand, but we can go out there and share the story and share the success with yeah. um, everyone else in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause for celebration, of course. And having read through, I suppose, some of the the wonderful publicity that came through as a result of that, I think what impressed me, Lynn, was the fact that, you know, this award was based on, you know, an existing loyalty program, but one where the uptake actually originally had been slower than your revenue growth in the region. And what seems to have happened, and you can share this kind of story maybe, is there was an understanding that the was much more potential room to grow, but actually you would need a partner, as you said, the global technology base behind it. So tell Mm. us about the journey that you went on from, you know, having a program that wasn't really performing in the way that you'd originally hoped. Mm. So maybe let's start, um, let me go back a couple of years when when we first started on this endeavor together. um, Epsilon has been a key partner throughout the entire journey and being a global partner of of FedEx, we have gone through actually quite a few um, phases of just technical enhancements. The first few years was about making sure that the technical infrastructure is there, security, everything else is all um, in place. But then the real conversation started when the EMEA team, uh, my team myself, the centralized team members, wanted to see how else we can position the program. Uh, and it's really about you know identifying who the target audience is, really having a very focused drive around mm. the acquisition piece also. So for this year, and now I'll fast forward to this year, where we now have a, a really solid program in terms of the technical um, setup, in terms of understanding what the mechanics are in place for the customers, we can then zoom in out and really focus on driving the acquisition, driving the engagement. And we have gone, I know the past two years haven't been great for engagement because of COVID and everything else. Yeah. But what I've done with um, Epsilon just prior to that is to do a full study around what the members' engagement are, what keeps them going, what uh, excites them, who are the best customers, and then be able to drive those insights into the acquisition work that we want to do. Mm. So they've evolved, the relationship between ourselves and Epsilon have evolved from a technical one to one that's much more insights driven and much more, I think, engagement and, and tactics or campaign driven, if, if you may. So, um, and that, that shift is really quite natural, I, I would say, because once sure. you have the house in place, yeah. you'll be able to focus on the decorations and everything else, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, so that happened um, quite seamlessly, I would say. Because um, we know who we want to go after. And yeah. someone being a partner for so long yeah. understands the language that we use. So, so it was just easy peasy for everybody involved. You know, that's such a joy to hear, Lynn, because, you know, there are so few programs that you hear, you know, after it's all kind of gone so well to somebody go, it was easy peasy. Actually, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it. So, <laughs> so congratulations. You obviously had a lot of the basics right. And as you said, the, I suppose the relationship and the partnership that you guys have with Epsilon is, is fantastic to hear. Uh, I know we've talked, it's, it's going on many years now. 
The part I also loved is, you know, starting off with that uh, study, as you said, it's one thing to get the, the technical infrastructure in place and to give you something to start. I guess what that gives you is a benchmark for, you know, what's happening on the acquisition, what's happening on the engagement side. And just in terms of how you did that study, Lynn, because again, B2B can be a little more I think complicated, maybe just because, you know, for me, I'm much more experienced on the consumer side. So, for example, some of the countries I know your team covers, I was just looking up Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia, Taiwan, Malaysia. I'm guessing Middle East is in there as well. Mm, so, yeah. so how did you do your actual study? Was it based on purely transactional data, for example, in terms of, you know, who the shippers were, or was it done, you know, I, I would just love to understand that study that informed the insights, because that's really where the, the genius seems to be coming through in terms of making it locally relevant. Mm, sure. Um, let me just bring up, maybe split this up into two points. So the the relationship between the, the easy peasy relationship we were talking about, it really requires, firstly, the partner Epsilon in this case, to understand where the business uh, priorities are. And we are able to say that, hey, we want to focus on small and medium customers. Yeah. Um, the nature of the business really looks at primarily transactional data that, that we have from, we are in the shipping business, uh, you know, express and business itself. It's very much transactional. We don't often look at the individual because like what you said, B2B, is yeah. the company-to-company -company relationship. So do you look at the individual? And we don't necessarily get the individualized information just from the shipping data. Yeah, That's where the prior years of engagement through a rewards program actually makes sense. We then can look at what the redemption data has been like. We look at what kind of rewards have been popular. We look at um, both the transactional data as well as the engagement and behavioral data from the rewards program itself prior in order to put them through a model to tell us who are the most valuable customers who are most likely to um, churn mm -hmm. or to lose them or add a, pot a potential risk or who has the most potential to grow. So, so in, it is a proprietary model that uh, Epsilon has and then internally within my team, we have also done some groundwork around just the customer life cycle, value, um, attribution and things like that. So mm. I, I'm not going to go too much into the analytics part, of course. but essentially, yeah. yeah, we're looking at the customer life cycle, the value of the customers and with, and rewards data is something that is really quite unique in itself. We, we are looking at data that is, um, not just about personal data, not just about individualized um, engagement, but it's about preferences. There's an emotional aspect to it as well. Mm. When a customer logs in to redeem something, he or she may not be just looking at, okay, I have X amount of points and I'm going to redeem something, but there is a level of preferences and you know we, we now call this zero, zero uh, party data, right? That they proactively tell us what they want. Yeah. And we're able to then derive some some form of like um build some idea about who this customer is, what mm -hmm. their preferences are, mm -hmm. and then but then feed that through a model. So we're still very much driven by a structured way of digesting that data, using that to run through some analytics and knowing how these behavioral data now then gives us an additional layer of understanding to what 
the customers might want from us. And I want to emphasize on the second point, which is what the customers want from us. So it's, we've always, I think, as it's B2B marketers, always looked at data and then try to solve it from what do we want to sell perspective. Yeah, And that, I think, rewards, you have to turn it on its tail. You have to look at what the customers want or what yeah. the members want. So knowing what they want and what we can provide gives mm-hmm. us a happy happy balance of what we can actually offer uh, from a program. So when I say, so when I say uh, what a most valuable loyalty member looks like, may not necessarily mirror what my best customer looks like outside of the program. Okay. So my best customer outside might be somebody who gives me tons of revenue, um, lots of profitability, but maybe on a very um, high level of discount because of the sheer size of their pipeline or revenue contribution. Mm. But that's not what I want to go after because the, the loyalty program is meant to also reward those who are loyal to us. Yeah. Who are loyal to us may not be the highest revenue contributor um, and I can't give them the discounts that they need. However, because mm. I still want to reward them for their loyalty with the business, with the brand, I want to make sure that there's some other ways that we can help them um, keep that relationship, help them solve some of their business challenges with by giving them these additional perks of value out of the relationship with us. Mm. So, so you see, there's um, so just to kind of summarize. I know I've, I've gone on quite a lot about I love this. It. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but really, it's about value to the customers and how do we still come from a place of data insights and analytics-driven decisions before adding on the human aspect of it, really considering the customer at the end of the day. For sure. Yeah. No, beautifully said, Lynn. Thank you for that. Um, every, every word was valuable. So, so really, really do appreciate it. I do love uh, particularly what I'm hearing is the simplicity and the relevance. You know, everything that I've seen, you know, preparing for our conversation today, you know, it is a straightforward points-based program. As you said, you know, it's starting from a place of transactional, you know, relationship, you know, which I guess all loyalty programs do. But the fact that you have that very clear laser focus on what do they want from this program? And I know you told me last time we spoke as well, in that, you know, there is the opportunity for them to, you know, as an individual, for example, enjoy, you know, burning some points, for example, for something they may want, or I think you've got charity options or maybe something for the company itself. So sounds like you're doing a lot of exploration to really understand how do they want to use these points? Because that's the moment of truth after all. Mm, exactly. Uh, and and we have... We made sure that the catalog itself or the offer that we have in each market is unique to the market. So it's not just about here's all the FedEx shipping vouchers you can redeem for your business. But yeah. if I'm in Singapore, I would want to be able to redeem for something that's unique to my market. Yeah. And that, I think, is the first step to letting the customers know and letting the members know that this is something just for you. And, you know, it's not just about what FedEx wants. It's about what our customers need or would find um, useful for them. So you're absolutely right. Um, the customer within the program itself can use it to reward the, the business. Then you can get shipping vouchers in return, or you can even get something that the entire team can enjoy uh, yeah. out of the program. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And the other piece that struck me as well, Lynn, is, you know, a similarity with, you know, a consumer program that I worked on back in Ireland, which was the difference and the extra loyalty, in fact, that we could definitely measure when we did offer what we would have just called third party rewards. Because I think you make a very good point that, you know, it's one thing for FedEx Express to say, here's some discounts off a future shipment, for example. But the perception of a member and um, what we discovered is if you do offer something that's not your own, you know, first party product, you do go and create a catalog. There was a much greater appreciation, I think, of that reward because then the member knows actually, yeah, it's not just something that you're you're doing casually or 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 oversimplifying it, you know, with a you know, let's say a, a hidden agenda to drive another shipment. Actually, what you want to do is give them something that they really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and I think talking about the relationship between the members and the brand um, is an example. And I'm just going back to COVID period itself. We wanted to ensure that it's not just about points for rewards either. Um, during the period of time when businesses was just trying to get back on board, you know, yeah. markets are opening up. We made sure that the customers within the loyalty program know that we have them on top of mind. So it was a simple campaign. It wasn't anything about shipping, but a simple message to say, don't worry about your points. It's not going to expire in the next X number of months because we know that you need time to get back into the game. You need time to get your business back on board. So even just that messaging to the members to tell them that, hey, you're still on top of mind, even though... Everything seems to be in a mess at the peak of everything happening, right? Um, yeah, so it's just taking something else out of the way for them, removing that challenge for them that they don't have to worry about that one thing yeah. uh, and focus on getting their business back on board. Um, and, and you know, it's about timing also, right? Uh, so it's about the messaging. It's also about the timing. That was not a good time to tell them to ship more. We wanted them to ship more, but it was not the right time to sell in. It was the right time to tell them that we are still here. Yeah. You don't have to worry about things. When you're ready, we will be right here for you. So that, that was one of the things that I think we we did right um, during the height of the pandemic and the markets coming slowly coming back into play and yeah. making sure that the customers keep us top of mind too. Totally, totally. And again, in my experience, Lynn, it's it's often a case where, again, a huge brand like you guys, you know, can afford to do that messaging for enterprise customers. And they'll probably have dedicated people and account managers who are reassuring them. But what you guys seem to be focusing on is SMEs who don't get that level of, you know, attention in terms of account management and FaceTime. Yeah but you've got the MyFedEx rewards instead to actually build that, I suppose, communication, the reassurance. And again, as you said, particularly the, yeah. the crisis we've just all been through, it feels like your program does have, I suppose, even a bigger responsibility in terms of, yes, very much, I suppose, driving that relationship, you know, rather than again, just driving mm. transactional behavior, as you said, and more shipments. Exactly, exactly, right on point. The other piece, I suppose, I just wanted to touch on, Lynn, I saw a lovely um, ad that you guys did on YouTube, um, and it might even have been a TV campaign. It certainly looked like it's something that might have gone above the line, but it feels like uh, My FedEx Rewards has a greater role to play in terms of building the brand. Um, and again, you know, just, you know, I suppose the connection, the, the campaign itself was 
very much around taking your, you know, small business, I guess, you know, whether it's a jewelry business or something, shipping that globally to the world. So that overall messaging, I guess, an investment between brand, I guess, complements the loyalty investment. So I guess my question for you is, how do the two of those fit together? Because something Epsilon and I have talked about before is it's not often that the uh, the impact of the investment in your loyalty program can be measured or is measured because we're so busy, I guess, with the day job. But do you think that your loyalty program is also building your brand in the same way those kind of lovely you know, TV campaigns might be doing? Uh, definitely. I think what the brand team, uh, and, and I know exactly the campaign you're talking about, which is delivering your passion to the world. Yes. Again, I think, I think internally for the brand team and our team around demand gen and loyalty marketing, we are very um, aligned in terms mm-hmm. of the business priority for the region. We know that in EMEA, there are so many SMEs or MSMEs who are making up a, a good base of our customers, whether it's prospective or existing customers in the region. And to the earlier point that you mentioned, they may not have, say, an account manager to service them. Yeah. So in terms of the messaging or in terms of what we want to go after, firstly, it's also to establish the fact that we see them. We know them. We know that the MSMEs in, in the region are, you know, um, important to us, important to our business, important to the entire ecosystem even, right? So how loyalty comes in here is, it is a very natural part of the life cycle. We don't want the SMEs to feel that, hey, we're just going to be a touch and go kind of um, service provider, but really as a business partner. Mm. Um, years ago, when I started this engagement, um, started working for FedEx, um, I think the 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 impression of FedEx is still, yes, you're a global brand. And because of that, you don't really engage with the smaller businesses or you're not right for us. Yeah, But that's not true. Yeah, it's not true. So uh, we, we can support uh, small businesses and we do want to support them. So yeah. it's really also about, you know, just making sure that it's not a, hey, give me your shipment and then that's it kind yeah. of a relationship. And loyalty programs sits nicely into that um, just to share what we can do and that this program itself is really focused to service and to serve the SME community at large. So I think yeah. it fits nicely in the entire narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you will definitely see more of the loyalty messaging as part of the bigger one. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> myself okay. in the upcoming stuff, um, but, but there will be uh, more of this uh, continued messaging that will help to you know, really bring that attention to the uh, the small and medium businesses in, in EMEA as a yeah. region, yeah, as our focus. Okay, wow. Well, I do love when there's a little tease to say that there's more to come and more exciting uh, evolution to go back to the point that we started mm-hmm. off with. Just, you know, final questions, and this is just me being very curious, Lynn, in terms of the scale of your program, I saw a global figure, for example, again, going back to your, um, I suppose, awards and um, publicity, that globally there's 72,000 members. I think that was back in June 2021. But I wanted to just get a sense of, you know, in your region, what kind of volumes of, of, of membership do you have? Again, B2B, it's always a very unusual, very different and very exciting to understand and also just even to get a sense of the scale of your team to deliver these kind of um, programs. Actually, Paula, that number uh, is an APAC number. So is it? In Yeah. So wow. in EMEA, 
Yes. Yeah, we have, um, I, I think, year to date, uh, we're aiming for 80,000 members by wow. the end of yeah. fiscal. Uh, we are close to it. I think we are about 79,000 now. So um, globally, it's a lot more. <laughs> I can say That's that. Amazing. I don't have as exact figure. Yeah. yeah. So um, we, we are running out of a very lean central team. So okay. uh, within my own team members, there are three of them sitting with my team in the loyalty marketing. Okay. Um, we are well supported by obviously our our agency partners like Epsilon and their servicing team. We have also representative in each of the markets that we're present in. So for the 15 EMEA markets that we're sitting in, we have a marketing um, executive who is trained and understands the program who mm. sits in the local market mm -hmm. and also the customer service team who are trained as well on the program who are, uh, you know, always kept aware of what's going on with the loyalty program so that again, to yeah. the core of what we want to do is to provide that personalized experience. So mm. somebody sitting in Dubai can call a hotline and uh, and an MFR or MyFedEx Rewards representative will speak to them. Yeah. So it doesn't have to come all the way to Singapore where I'm set. Um, yeah. But the message is consistent and the service, we do our best to make sure that it is delivered in the best way for the customer. So Lynn, with all of that wonderful context and the awards that you've been winning, and again, I suppose a, a fairly sophisticated and dare I say it, mature program now with them, a decade behind you, continuing evolution. You made the point at the start that, you know, this entire uh, program is justified on the basis of being a differentiator in what is clearly an intensely competitive industry. So I guess my final yeah. question for you is internally, how would you say the MyFedEx Rewards program is seen purely from, I suppose, um, you know, the hierarchy in terms of where attention is um, is earned. Because sometimes in consumer programs, my experience is it's seen as a very big investment with constantly having to justify. Um, but it seems like this is something that is quite core to your strategy. So yeah, just a just a general sense in terms of how it's perceived in the region by, by senior management. I think we've been very fortunate um, to have the support of our management teams. They, they understand that, you know, as a differentiator in the industry, it, it is important. And like I mentioned earlier on, within just the business itself, there is, there's been a lot of support um, from the management teams, from the other team members, frontline teams as well, but yeah. it's marketing, sales, CS, just knowing and understanding what the program is yeah. and being able to also give us some very good ideas around what the market needs. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that the, the management team is also very clear about how we have positioned the program as mm -hmm. part of the life cycle. Great. So it's not like an ad hoc campaign per se. It is part of what an offering is to uh, a FedEx customer in the region. So yeah. yeah, I would say very fortunate to have that top-down support in us and also from, from our partner teams in the organization. Wonderful. Yes, you're very, very lucky. That, uh, I think that's half the battle and you did make the point already that it does take a village. So it sounds like a wonderful <laughs> village <laughs> that you guys have going on. <laughs> So listen, that's everything from my side, Lynn. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Um, I think we've covered everything. So I wanted to ensure that we talked about the ecosystem, 
the whole village thing. <laughs> the, totally. The spend as well as the presence of the, the program. So I, I think we're good. Thank you so yeah. much for today and the questions. Not at all, Lynn. I'm absolutely delighted. And as I said, I can hear there's plenty more to come. So all I would ask is we can uh, hopefully go and do this again, maybe, you know, year to year, time to time, as and when you guys go on to continue to evolve the program. So with that said, Lynn Tan, Lead Strategic Marketing and Demand Generation for EMEA for FedEx Express. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.